welcome to the Pickup WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Eicher. And I'm your other host, Freddie Rivas. How's it going? Good. And this is episode 15. And boy, oh boy, do we have a lot, a lot to discuss already. It's like, sometimes we get into heavy topics on this show and sometimes it's spontaneous. And today we know (laughs) this is going to be a heavy episode because our beloved Brittany Griner um, has been detained overseas in Russia for allegedly attempting to enter the country um, with what we believe is a vape pen, a vape and uh, some cannabis oil um, or some hashish oil. We don't know the exact amount. Um, you know, there's quotes from uh, USA Basketball, from the WNBA, um, from her wife, uh, who are all extending their support and they support her 100%. Um, because this is Russia, because of the current war that they've started against the Ukraine, it really, really complicates things. And uh, to just give people a bit of background, um, and actually we talked about this a bit last week or last episode about how a lot of WNBA players will play overseas in mm-hmm. the WNBA offseason and particularly in Russia and that players in Russia make almost four times the amount of money that they do in the WNBA. Uh, Brittany Griner has been playing basketball in Russia since 2014. So this is not like Brittany's first trip to Russia or anything like that. Um, Freddie, let, let's just start with your thought, thoughts. Well, actually, before we get to that, I just want to say to everyone you listening, like, there's a lot of information that Freddie and I have been trying to sort through as far as this case goes. And because it is Russia, there's still a lot of like details unknown details. We're still trying to figure out we're recording this Sunday evening, March 6th. So uh, maybe more information will come out after this recording, mm-hmm. but we're doing our best to stay on top of it. But just so our listeners know, um, we've been researching this. We've both read multiple articles, but there's still, uh, a few holes or a few things we are not completely certain about with that, Freddie, let's get your thoughts. No, I I appreciate it. And that's like an important caveat because we're learning about the WNBA. We're engaging with, you know, women's basketball everywhere, but there's a lot to learn in general. And this is certainly like international journalism territory. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's in the middle of a war uh, and there's a lot of moving parts. And yeah, I mean, I'll just like lead with like my, my gut here, which just is to say, this is horrible. It's like disgusting and it's just deeply frustrating. Um, like, just imagine how you would feel if your partner or someone you loved your daughter, um, you know, your, or, you know, sorry, I, I, I hope I didn't misgender, uh, Brittany there because I think, uh, they, they're non-binary, but you know, yeah, just someone you love just the, the deep kind of terror you must be going through and, and Brittany, what, are they going through? What are they experiencing right now? We know they're detained. Uh, one thing I found pretty informative was um, Adrian Lawrence uh, Esquire, or I guess that's how you say you're like a lawyer on Twitter, uh, did sort of a mini thread, which I shared with you before. And a couple of the things I feel like are, are really important here. One, you already said, Brittany's done this a bunch of times. Brittany has played for you know, this Russian squad for, for years and is like a known commodity there and clearly knows the drill. Uh, and so I think that's an important part of this. This isn't someone in a new situation, making a mistake, whatever that that's not what's going on. Mm-hmm. Also 
Britney was arrested at some point before the war, which I think is really important when you think about the fact that they maybe are using Britney as a pawn. Yeah. So just uh, I just want to insert detail. She was arrested or sorry, detained in February. We don't know the exact date, but it only made the news like this weekend. Sorry, just continue. No. Yeah, that's that, that is important. And it, it seems like Britney's camp has been trying to sort of bring Britney back in a, in, in a non-publicized way. Like it's, it's clearly very, a, very much a dire situation where, you know, they don't want to be part of whatever international fuss Russia is trying to drum up with this. And I think it's important to say too, for me anyways, that it's clearly very illegitimate. First of all, if there was actual hash or weed, like, pardon my language, but like, go fuck yourself. Like, I don't care. That's stupid. But also, it's has to be said that this is a, a Black American that is outwardly queer and an athlete that, you know, is at the highest level of what they do. So... There's just no part of this of this that looks like an accident. And yeah, I don't want to go into like conspiracy territory, but I think to me, it's clear that this is not about hash or weed or some type of minute infraction. This is very clearly a message that's being sent. What that message is, I don't know. Um, perhaps, yeah, that, you know, Putin and and russia as a like a authoritative force don't care about rights and yeah i mean it's a, it's a complex evolving situation and i just think it's pretty clear that britney is, is an outward victim here and it sucks it's just yeah anyway sorry I, i'm probably a little less eloquent than i want to be but it's just gross yeah i mean there are rumors or people speculating on why Britney's being detained. Is she being used as an example? Is she being used as international leverage? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, was this planted on her? Did she travel with these things at all? Yeah. Um, And I think these are actually all very legitimate questions because of obviously the timing of everything and you know with Brittany like she's not just a WNBA athlete she's also an Olympian Mm -hmm. and I think Russians would would look at that and value that as as leverage because um you know obviously you like you said like we're not gonna you know international journalism and affairs is like beyond what our yeah. qualifications yeah. are We're performers and comedians. But, but yeah. Still, but yeah. you know, obviously like a lot of the international community has put its support behind Ukraine for very obvious reasons and including the U S and the U S is the big powerhouse that Russia wants. And I don't know mm-hmm. how strong of a pull, frankly, Brittany's going to have, but I don't know who else is traveling to Russia. And often, like, you know, countries do this. Countries detain people. And, like, there were a few Canadians that were detained in, in China for, like, two mm-hmm. years. The Canadian government was trying to... Yeah, the, 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 the Michaels. The Michaels, exactly. So, like, this is a thing that happens. And um, it's extremely, like, unfortunate and just flat-out scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, because, like you said, she is an openly queer person. As you were talking, I was trying to um, Google if there's anything out there about like her any or their pronouns, and I, I couldn't find anything off the bat, like not on uh, oh, okay. Good their Instagram um, bio doesn't have it, and uh, I didn't see any articles coming saying that they're non-binary, so we'll, we'll, we'll use she and they for now, and then yeah. when we know for sure, we can, we'll correct that. But I, I just think like, yeah, like it's especially because she's an openly, you know, black queer person in Russia. It it adds to how scary this is. So, it really does. 
Yeah, I, I mean, and you know, we have to know. Well, we said it, but I feel like I have to stress it again that she was detained before the war. Yeah. So, you know, they're traveling thinking like there isn't a war, that it's just going to Russia to play basketball like I do every year. Apparently, um, they were on a hiatus. So, like, I think the like, I think it starts in like October, November, the season. Okay. And then she came home for a hiatus. In yeah, because she played six games, right? Yeah. And then went back. And then all of this went down personally. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was just going to say one thing I had read uh, that I feel like is sort of like, you know, an important part of this is that all WNBA players not named Brittany Griner uh, have been safely uh, like taken out of Russia and Ukraine. So there's no, mm-hmm. thankfully there doesn't seem like there's a, potential for development of like more players being detained mm-hmm. uh it doesn't do anything for griner but i just mean like as uh for anyone that's wondering like wait a second what about all the other players uh they're Everyone else got out yeah they got out yeah i mean I-, I will say this like i don't think people should be arrested for small possessions of marijuana of any kind whether it's you know yeah. but i will say like we don't know right like if she had anything on her or not, but I will say this, it is quite foolish to travel to Russia with it. Right. Like, I think you don't like, not every country has freedom. Russia is not a country with freedom. I would never travel to a country like that with anything like that on me. To me, that in my mind adds to the case that she wouldn't have this on her. Like if I'm just getting theoretical here, because mm-hmm. she's traveled there every year since 2014. Yeah. She would um, know people there. She like if she was like a big weed smoker, she would totally. know where to get her weed in Russia by now. 100%. So I don't think she actually traveled with this. That's just my personal opinion. I, I don't know why yeah. anyone would plant something on her or maybe you know the vape pens were empty and the amount of quote unquote cannabis oil or hashish oil that's on her is just remnants in the pens. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, I just don't think like, I just have a hard time believing that someone, anybody, not just Brittany, literally anyone would be dumb enough to travel to Russia with cannabis. hundred percent. And like, let me, let me just read one of the, you know, there's, it's a really good thread. Uh, Adrian Lawrence, um, comma esq check it out uh, she seems to have a, like a good handle on the situation but for this drug thing particularly she says she's a as, lawyer right she's a lawyer yeah, yeah. Uh, as for the drugs i won't take a police report from team putin at face value especially a report about finding in quotations drugs on a black person mm-hmm. this wasn't grinder's first rodeo in russia she's a regular there and knew the rules very well she may have made a mistake but i don't know so that to me sort of like outlines kind of mm-hmm. what we're saying yeah. that this just doesn't add up. Uh, and I think, you know, well, I don't know what that, uh, that therapy saying, but you know, like sometimes a cigar is, is, is uh, you know, just a cigar. Like you want to make these, these grand illusions of what could be, but I think it's fair to say that, you know, the Putin regime doesn't operate within like regular kind of like our regular standards of like what is acceptable. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I think it's for me, it's a pretty easy, it's pretty easy to accept that Griner wasn't playing fast and loose with Russia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, yeah, if she wanted a sheesh or, or weed or whatever, like she could have got some, you know, yeah, she would have had her person by now <laughs> in Russia. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. every year you're you're spending almost half the year there since 2014. Like you would have that kind of stuff down. You wouldn't need to travel with it. Um, yeah. And also they have like, you know, they make decent enough money that it would be so easy to just buy those things <laughs> when yeah. you're there. Like, you know, I, I just, yeah, I have a very 
and again, those, these are our opinions on the case. We still have yet to like find out exactly what happened, but it's yeah. just, I personally, and so does that lawyer and, and Freddie, you, you agree that we just have a hard time believing that she would be dumb enough to travel to, to Russia with this stuff. Yeah. And, and, and even just like, you know, let's say that like, that's true that she did. It's like, she's being sort of like anonymously detained. Like everything lines up to the captors being bad actors. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, and I mean, like, not like, like, like acting, like performing, like, so they're just like, they're not operating in a way that's transparent or like truthful, pretty clearly in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you see, I'll, I'll just say this, you know, if you see like, you know, free Britney Griner stuff, if you see people advocating, like help boost that post uh, there, you know, the, we're in the fog of war right now and uh, a lot of things happen fast. So I think sometimes stories can get forgotten and yeah, I, I kind of phrase this to you. Like, what do we do? Like, you know, obviously we're powerless people, uh, in, in this like global conflict, but I think being loud about it is important. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but also like, and maybe this is just me, maybe this is just me being paranoid and that's fine, but like, it makes me nervous. Me too. Cause like, it makes me nervous to be loud about it because it's like, I don't know. It's like the Daryl Morey situation. You know what I mean? Daryl Morey was loud about his feelings or about Hong Kong mm -hmm. and China got upset. Now we're not as powerful as Daryl Morey, obviously. Um, and we wouldn't be hurting an organization with our views, but it's like, I don't know. There's just something about them that it's like somebody in just in my mind, in my mind, just follow me here for a sec, Freddie. Sure. In my mind, there is somebody in Russia, maybe multiple people that is just following everything that's being written about Brittany Griner. Like they have a Google alert and everything that's being said is popping off and they're recording it or they're keeping track of it and they're sending reports to people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think like, not that anything would ever happen to us, but I just feel like like if all of this is deeper than its face value, which mm -hmm. we think it is, then there's more shit going on. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think it is like much bigger and deeper than like if we like literally this podcast, if we advertise Brittany Griner detained in Russia, free Brittany, right? Like hashtag free Brittany, mm -hmm. like hashtag free Brittany Griner somebody in Russia it, like is going to listen to her podcast and like have it filed away somewhere. I'm just saying like they are so on top of this shit. I mean, we're talking about a country that allegedly and there's evidence to say that they rigged an American federal election. Mm -hmm. Like they are so on our social media yeah, it, it is nuts. Like, I just don't even know. Like, I don't even know how to promote this episode. Honestly, like, it's just, it is, it, it is so scary. It's, it's very scary. And like, you know, to add to your point, I think, you know, this is a, a much larger conversation, obviously, but we're in the midst of an information war. And I think part of that information war is second guessing, like what you're doing in the first place, because mm. what's the point of it? Will it be used against me? So it's sort of tough. You kind of have to keep going back to your like internal compass. And it's kind of like, is this the right thing to do? Am I doing this for promotion? Like, what's the deal here? And yeah, I mean, it's become, a, this is becoming an international situation and it's shitty. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, it's just, it's so scary. It's like, you never want to be that person that gets detained overseas. Like you always hear of these like horror stories and you don't think it's going to be this like person, you know, or person, you know, of, mm -hmm. 
And then here it is in the midst of this, this war that we're all praying doesn't get any larger than it is. Yeah. It's definitely surreal. And like, like just like glib, you know, kind of just like, yeah, it's hard not to feel helpless and sad, honestly. It is. And you know, like I personally have been really taking like a break from the news because it's just, it's just all too much. And that might be selfish. You How know, dare but you. I just I just feel like, you know, like I, it's all beyond my control and I just gotta live my life. Um, I did donate to the Red Cross in Canada. Um, the Canadian government is uh, matching donations um, to the Red Cross for um, humanitarian relief in the Ukraine, if anybody uh, cares to do that. Um, so I feel like, okay, I've made my contribution and I'm just not gonna pay attention to the day-to-day of it all. Also, like as being a comedy writer, for me, it's, it's hard to be funny when I'm depressed or sad about the world. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I almost kind of have to block it out. Like, I, I mean, I don't know, but then I do feel guilty, but that's just kind of what it is right now for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's different for everyone and it's at the end of the day, it's going to be like a, a balance between how informed you can be at any given time. And, you know, especially with Twitter and social media, it's like a minute to minute war. Mm. And so there's so many things that are happening. And then at the end of the day, it's things get clarified a bit. So I think it's, it's going to be a process. We're going to have to like fill up our bucket and then take a step back and then fill up our bucket again and kind of, this back and forth thing, because yeah, you don't want to get to a point where you're apathetic. And I think that's sort of what you're expressing, right? It's kind mm -hmm. of like with our, our role uh, or, you know, as we mean, you see it, you know, entertainers and that sort of thing. Yeah. We started this podcast by, by letting people know we're not journalists. Right. So it's tough. We're kind of like, we're feeling things. We, we don't, we want to be informed, but you all, you don't want to be so caught up in it that you're kind of like you shut down. Mm. And that's, uh, it's tricky. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, all I can really say is just honestly, like shout out to Brittany Griner. We really hope she's okay. Yeah. I hope she's back home soon. Um, you know, in, in another, uh, WNBA subject this week, but in a weird messed up way, maybe kind of. I'm going to relate it back to the Britney situation later, but essentially the New York Liberty mm -hmm. were fined $500,000 for uh, taking chartered flights throughout the regular season and playoffs um, last season. Um, this is absolutely ludicrous. Like we talked last episode about um the WNBA taking commercial flights mm -hmm. and teams not even necessarily being able to fly all at once and how uh Liz Cambage was speaking out about having to pay to upgrade her own seat and all of this stuff and how like tall players need to need the aisle seats and this that and the other and then now they're they're being find for taking chartered flights um freddie walk us through this why is the wnba so against these chartered flights okay so this is uh there's a lot going on here there's there's honestly more than i thought uh i'll, I'll recommend anyone uh you know if you got some time there's a really good article uh written on march 1st by howard meagle m-e-g-o-a-l uh, just about, you know, in sports illustrated in, in, in sports illustrated. Yeah. Um, so, okay. There's the player angle, right? We've covered that a little bit. I feel like we get that. Uh, these are top level athletes. They don't want to be paying out all this extra money. So they don't have the middle seat in a commercial flight. Very understandable, especially if you're someone who's already engages in other sports, this is something that's like downright unfathomable in male sports. Yeah. If you're, you know, six foot eight, six foot nine. Yes. It's like, it's preposterous. It's not a yeah. thing. 
what's interesting to me here is the owner battle. So I didn't really realize that, you know, what's been happening in, in the WNBA is there's an influx of new, extremely wealthy owners. So we touched a little bit last pod about how Becky Cammons getting paid a million dollars a year. And it's funny because that kind of ties into this too. So the new owners of the Liberty uh, is the Sai family, uh, which uh, it's Joseph Sai and uh, forgive me, I forget uh, his partner's name, but they're from Alibaba um, Wealth uh, in, in, in the, the big, big giant Chinese company. But uh, anyhow, they've purchased the Liberty, which was formerly owned by Dolan, who also owns the, the Knicks and is a famous disaster. But uh, yeah, so they right away were upset with the lack of money that they can offer their players. So like a rich owner does, they're like, all right, well, we're giving you trips. We're giving you the best care possible. We're going to pay for all these other things to kind of like supplement your income. And, and that's a big theme here, especially with, you know, what, what's happened in Russia, because it's in Russia, they don't just get like four times the money. They also are often, you know, taken on shopping sprees by like oligarchs, which is, I guess, just a Russian name for billionaire. But like, it's, it's sort of this thing that is like, they're, they're not being met with the type of respect that they deserve. Anyhow, uh, I feel like I'm kind of rambling here, but what I'm trying to say is there's a bunch of owners that are like not really interested in, in making their WNBA franchises profitable. For a long time, the ownership breakdown was the 30 NBA teams owned half of, of the revenue for the WNBA. So yeah, there's kind of this tug of war going on that uh, Kathy Engelbert is having to deal with where the, you know, new folks are coming in with big money. And then other people are saying like, I don't want to spend money. The league's totally fine. So it's kind of this internal battle and where it's manifesting is the wealthier owners are saying, this is insane. Like I, they should have chartered flights. So that's kind of it all. Then that all goes to the Liberty. Right. And then the Liberty basically this owner, uh, you know, Joe Sai said, I think, uh, you know, I found this thing where all of the, uh, the whole league is going to be sponsored to have chartered flights. And while they were waiting to potentially maybe approve this, he just decided to be like, all right, I'm not waiting anymore. I'm going to do it for the Liberty. And when you figure it out, we'll do it for the whole league. So he kind of just started doing his own thing. And yeah, other owners were furious about it. The league office was furious about it. They really, they, they, they tried to, you know, some owners and some league admin, they tried to go like at the jugular of the Liberty. They threatened removing them as a franchise. Uh, one quote said, I didn't gonna, know that. Yeah. They, one, one quote said, we're going to remove every lottery or draft pick you've ever had. And it's like, it's really, there's a lot of extra animus here that to me boils down to this idea of sort of what we've been talking about. Like, is this current CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, is it the right structure for a growing league? You know, the, the women's soccer is growing uh, in, in, in the US and ratings are growing in the WNBA. And you kind of have this old guard, these older owners that are just, they don't want to spend money. So yeah, this is kind of where the conflict is happening. Uh, the fine was going to be a million dollars, but after a conversation, Engelbert decided to make it $500,000. Um, yeah. So I just went this off is, there, yeah, but no, it's no, just no. crazy. I, thank you for breaking it down for everybody. This is so stupid. Yes. And actually, like, it kind of goes back to what Liz Cambage was saying, because if you have $500,000 to fine a team for taking chartered flights, then you have the money to pay players more. Right? Like, the yeah. money exists. Very much. And this is why I, I'm 
I'm understanding the equal pay issue so much more now than I did before, because when you start to dig in a bit deeper, you realize, oh, this money does exist and it's not going to the players. Yes. And this is so crazy to me. Yes. That that's the key point. That's my key takeaway is that the money's there. So this idea where it's like, oh, it's just not popular enough. Like that's not true. And sorry, just to correct myself. Mm. Um, it's, uh, or clarify it's Joe and Clara Wu Sai and they're, yeah, they're the co-owners of Alibaba. Yes. Um, yeah, like I just, and also like how, you know, I said earlier, I was going to potentially relate this to the Brittany Griner situation. This is proof that they need chartered flights, right? Is it not that it would actually protect them more? Yeah, it would protect them a lot more. It's especially it, it's like the league. I think what's so con- confounding for me here is that the the WNBA is like it seems like they're putting their efforts into controlling their players mm. as to as opposed to like letting them flourish. And there's a quote from uh, from Big Stephanie Dolan uh, Dolson, sorry, who uh, <laughs> I love that you said big. <laughs> Oh, we I mean, you know what I mean. Like, uh, that's what. Yeah, that's a, that's my classic basketball term. But I mean, she is big. She's you know, she's a and she's a WNBA. She's uh, a center. She's a center. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll just say that. Um, no, it was just funny to me because <laughs> yeah. I was like, is that a name for her? And I didn't know it. No, no. Big God, Steph Dolson. No, no, no. No. Yeah, As opposed yeah. to little Steph Dolson. Aggregators, don't do this to me, okay? I'm a nice guy, um, but uh. No, really, though, like, so she even kind of commented, like, you know, she left the sky, right? She just won a title and she left in New York and she sort of suggested that uh, they treat their players well and she wants yeah. to be a part of that. And also um, uh, Stewie uh, only signed a one year deal with Seattle. And there's some rumors to suggest that the owners of the Liberty paid her a visit and she was kind of like. I'm going to join you in New York, but I'm going to rock it with Sue for one more year. Oh yeah. That could very, yeah, that's definitely the case. That's definitely the case. It seems like it adds up. And anyways, all all that to say the money is there. They need to spend it on the players and they need to really kind of like, and that was a big part of this, uh, this, this SI article as well is the owners that, that want to grow the league are all about reinvesting it into the league and the owners that sort of just want to like have this place where they can like, you know, whatever mess around. Um, that's, that's kind of the tug of war. And I think for the sake of anyone that's a fan of the WNBA, we should all want, I guess, you know, capitalism to win out here. Mm-hmm. Rossi even had an insane comment which is like wow that's wild to think she was saying and I'm misquoting her a little bit but that it was a shock to her that she had to go to a communist country to get like capitalist benefits and that's why they go to Russia right it's like to get right sorry just to clarify that that's not to do with the chartered flights that's not to do that's sorry what that's what the poor pay right yeah. Yeah, man, like it's so interesting how in this journey, you and I of becoming WNBA fans and learning about the league over the last almost a year Mm -hmm. that, you know, I came into this thinking like we're just going to be advocates for the league and for women's basketball. And I didn't think. I would be poking this many holes in the league itself. Me too. Well said. I, I'm very, I'm very surprised by it. Like I'm genuinely surprised by it. Me too. And it's, it's sort of this, like this, like awful reminder that it's like, you know, it, it can't just be this flourishing league. That's like in a fun story. Like there's always this negative these negative connotations with with women's sports and you know yeah there's all there always seems to be this like important but negative storyline that we have to address Mm. which uh is is so unfortunate because the product is is incredible 
And mm-hmm. that's what, you know, I think me and you both want to be focusing on, uh, you know, what, if it's like activism or progress, that's nice, but it sort of seems like the league's constantly defending itself or the players are having to constantly defend themselves from owners, from naysayers, from, you know, shitty men, whatever. Like it's annoying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure too, like now that there's been a greater spotlight on these issues, I wonder if it will get talked about more this coming season as it unfolds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'll be interesting too. I mean, yeah, I wonder if we're headed towards a player strike, you know, and that would be devastating for the league. Yeah. Cause it's in such this moment of growth. So mm-hmm. that, that's like the almost the most frustrating part. It's like, it's taking off and it just needs to take off on a chartered flight, not a goddamn commercial flight. You know what I mean? You like, know what? Like, Freddie, I don't know if you you know this or not, but do you know when their next um, CBA is? This is where my head's at. I'm going to Google it just quickly because I think that's, I know, is this all building up towards that? Like, are we, we have to become CBA experts to enjoy a game? <laughs> is that the deal here? Like, your Lord. Because uh... honestly, like, it wouldn't, like, they have enough grievances to strike. Let's be real. Like, they do. These pay discrepancies and the, and the inequity between teams and the lack of chartered flights, like these are real things to, they could strike about. Totally. And yeah, I don't have the answer here. Okay. Yeah. I think I found it. So they negotiated this in 2020 and the next place for renegotiation is 2027. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. So that's also not great. And, and it's also like, you could see this, this rich owner coming in being like, what the hell? I want to spend my money on these athletes and you won't let me. Right. You know, I wonder if the pandemic affected those negotiations. I'm sure they did. I'm sure. I'm sure like, you know, it was negative for the players. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, 2027 is a long time, but the frustration around this is just going to keep building. I wouldn't be surprised if something was done or if um, something was, um, I don't know, if not renegotiated, but maybe added in a, an addendum or something. Or, or amended. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think we, we, we amended. Get that's there. the word I wanted, um, because I just feel this frustration is going to grow and grow and grow. And uh, we're not necessarily going to get to 2027 without it really affecting the league in a negative way. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we'll make it to 2027 before some actions taken. Um, Okay. We're going to try and take a bit of a turn here and try and be excited about this season. (laughs) Woohoo. despite all these problems, despite all the shit, like, I think, you know, we are really excited to, to watch these games and the season starts, uh, I think May 6th. So that's exactly two months from now. I can't believe it. Honestly, like, especially too, cause it's like still winter here, but it's like, wow, May is in two months. Um, so we've got the schedule, the WNBA schedule, uh, was, uh, released. Freddie, what are the matchups you're looking forward to seeing the most? Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of good matchups. I, I think I am most excited that the the league is a little bit longer. It's going to be the longest uh, season so far, so 36 games. Uh, there's going to be more playoffs, so that's all like more revenue growth. That's all cool. Um, but I think where was it? There's a good profile here on WNBA.com. Here we go. Um, so when Chicago and, and Phoenix play, um, Emma, Emma Miesemann, uh, is coming back. So, you know, the last time anyone saw her, she was a former MVP. So she, like, I'm, I'm excited to see her come back. Although I'm confused on the sky. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. She's on the sky. There you go. Yeah. So, so it's, so she'll be back for the sky uh, Phoenix. Uh, so basically in short, it's the finals rematch, but I think what I'm most excited about is that uh, yeah, she's joining the sky. Like that's a pretty big addition. I gotta say, I'm definitely looking forward to that. There's two matchups I'm looking forward to the most. And, and then I have a question for you. So, okay. I'm looking forward to seeing Phoenix and Seattle because this will be the last time we see Sue Bird versus Diana Taurasi. Now they might face off in the playoffs, but it's just, it's the last year we're going to see it. So I'm definitely going to tune into all of those. That's a good one. I'm also really looking forward to seeing the sparks and the aces. Oh, that I was like, uh, 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 my first answer sucked. That's the answer. <laughs> like it's, it's Liz going back to Vegas. Yeah. She said all that shit against like, you know, yes. whatever, like Liz is entertaining as hell. And like, that's just a wicked story. So that's the actual, answer, that is the action. And Freddie, my question for you is, we're looking at WNBA.com. So I'm not looking anywhere else. I'm looking at the source <laughs> after yeah. the all-star game. I do not see a commissioner's cup. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> is the commissioner's cup gone? It's not. Okay. You ready for this <laughs> yeah. year two of the commissioner's cup presented by Coinbase. Play also oh brings added incentive to the first half of the season for players and teams while offering fans conference rivalry competition through which to support their favorite teams, a.k.a. they have added um, a zero stakes to this competition. What's going on? I don't know. But uh, the Commissioner Cup is a part of the mix. What Do you know what day it is? Does it say the date? I don't know. I, I feel like what they did before was the commissioner's cup. Oh, but like, I, it was sort of throughout. And then there was like a mini tournament. It was confusing. It wasn't throughout. It was just one day. But didn't. Oh, yeah. Just that's one right. game. And it was after the all-star game. That's right. Because they use their records to play. I see. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. Well, but it's, I, I don't but, feel but, bad okay, for not so understanding it, the commissioner's cup. I'll say that. <laughs> You're right. It does say year two of the commissioner's cup with zero stakes um, <laughs> does not have a date on the schedule. So we'll see, <laughs> Yeah. but it does mention it only mentions in the article that it does in fact still exist. So obviously <laughs> looking forward to that. Oh yeah. We're, we're jacked of the <laughs> The good old Commissioner's Cup. Um, yeah, so those are the matchups I'm looking forward to the most. I think those will be the marquee games uh, that we've both mentioned. I mean, obviously, a finals rematch, like you said, Freddie. It's not a terrible pick. It will also be a game to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, super, like Honestly, like all this BS aside, I truly am really excited to watch these games again, and I hope the WNBA figures more and more out um, Me too. as time goes on. Um, with that, we're going to end on a light note because this was all just very heavy, but we knew, we knew it would be, um, it's time for Freddie's fun question. Uh, Freddie, what you got for us? Okay, here we go. Um, Freddie's fun question. If you were put in charge of designing a new piece of WNBA merch, what would it be? Okay, Freddie, I want you to go first. Okay, so you got the orange hoodie, right? Everybody knows about the orange hoodie. You got t-shirts like, listen, we got like basketball clothing. That's a thing already. I want like a signature, either like hat or toque. That is like something that like everyone wants to wear or something like totally not related to like clothing. And just go for it with like a, I'm thinking like Segway. Like I, I I want there to be like something that's like adjacent to the WNBA, if that makes sense. So sort of like 
Uh, like, okay, here's what I'm thinking. I don't know when this happened in the NBA, but Mitchell and Ness just started like doing like millions of variations for yeah. whatever your favorite team is, right? Like well, I'm a Raptors fan, you're a Raptors fan. But I, they got to this point where it's like, yeah, who cares about the regular colors? We're just doing a million different things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people can't see this because, you know, we can see each other. But like, I have a Raptors koozie, like a giant <laughs> koozie. It's insane. The WNBA, that's what I want. I want like some weird stuff, like a WNBA watch. You know what I mean? Like, like anyways, I, I, a bad answer to my own question, but just other, like something like go away from clothing and, you know, whatever, WNBA fidget spinners, like <laughs> just let's get weird, you know? So actually this inspired me to look at their website right now, just to see what merch they have. So in the accessories section, there is a, a necklace okay. with the logo on it. There's hoop earrings. Probably should have looked at this before I answered my own question. Um, but after that, it's socks, headbands. Yeah. Uh, and and wristbands. And there's uh, some keychains with the team logos on it um there's like buttons like you know those like pins like those old school pins Mm -hmm. and that's it i think uh what i want to see okay there's two things that i want number one i want mugs okay i i have a lot of mugs i drink like i just i use my mugs i rotate through all of them i love having an assortment of mugs there's no mug, not even a generic one with a WNBA logo on it. Where's my mug? You know what I mean? Give my friend a mug, please. <laughs> That's number one. Uh, number two, like I want to see like fun T-shirts that aren't just the logos. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean like like, you know, like, you know, like in the 90s, you would get like those like cartoon drawings of people and they'd have like the giant heads and the little bodies mm-hmm. fun stuff like that. Like there's just nothing that's just like fun or silly. Yes. Gotta get weird. I think there's a reason that like the copper Cunningham stare down t-shirt like that took off because yes. it was a moment and it's sort of, it's not just a team name and colors. It's like, yeah, go in like, you know, the NBA is all the city versions of whatever. Yeah, g- just go in, go in strange directions. That's that's mm-hmm. what we want. Mm-hmm. Let people be weird. Yeah, I mean, they have jerseys of just like the most popular players. That's another thing. Like you can't, if there's a player that you love that isn't like a top 10 player, mm-hmm. it's hard to get their jersey. I mean, I guess I wonder if you can custom it because there's some that say like your name, but I don't know, like, can you just, put another players like their name and then just like their number on it. I for sure sure. bought a $10 Stephanie Dolson t-shirt that's on the way. Did you, where did you get it from WNBA.com? Really? Yeah. And, uh, but, but like I got it and then I was like, shit, it's Chicago sky and she's already with the Liberty. So Oh, it, it's not current, but whatever, you know, you know the, the fun thing about that, Freddie, is no one's going to know. Only me. <laughs> know. Yeah. Only no one you. else in your life will know. Yeah. Someone will approach me with a WNBA like orange hoodie and they'll be like, who's Stephanie Dolson? And I'll be like, get out of my <laughs> Remember we when um when uh, we met up in the summer, um, uh, us and, and your wife, Caitlin, and we were talking about um the situation last summer with team Nigeria. Yes. And she was like, man, like this is so interesting or, or something like that. And I was like, no one is talking about this outside of us. Yeah. <laughs> like there is nobody else that's talking about this. But listen, um, people are listening to this pod. So people care. We're finding our audience. Oh, absolutely. We are. I just meant like, you know, other like people around us, like IRL. Oh yeah. We're basically speaking in code when we're, we're talking about the WNBA. 
Yeah. Like it's just obviously like, and, and, you know, this podcast has been growing and that's super exciting. I just met like, it, it's just the IRL situation. Like nobody's, we're not going to be like at a table and then somebody's going to like suddenly be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I overheard you talking about team Nigeria, not accepting the Aguma K sisters <laughs> this year for the Olympics. Uh, yeah. You know, and but I beg to we- differ flips table. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we get to that situation. Uh, just want to say that the Minnesota Lynx and the Dallas Wings have crop tops uh, for sale right now. So that's exciting. I, I'm a big girl that loves a crop top. Uh, oh, this, the Connecticut Sun, uh, Vegas Aces, they're very generic um, T-shirts, but they are crop top. I just Googled crop tops. I like them too. Just so you know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Um, I love it. Yeah. Like, I think we, yeah, definitely. What were our ideas? A, a, a mug and a then mug. you want a watch and a fidget spinner. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sticking with watch and a fidget spinner. Yeah. Honestly, these are like pretty solid ideas, actually. Yeah. WNBA.com. I mean, find out who we are through the Russian aggregators. Approach us. You know what we should be doing, Freddie, in all fairness, not that I have the entrepreneurial um, skills for this, but we should have our own merch. We should. We should have like an Etsy store, you know, like how like and then we have our own fidget spinners and our own mugs and our own watches and we're creating merch that they don't have. Whoever's listening. You know, get a hold of us, shoot us an email. Message us, tell us what merch you want, and we'll work on it. Yeah, there we go. Because your uh, NBA podcast, The Confederacy of Dunks, you have a hat, you have a toque, you have a nice toque. Now we got toques, baby. Yeah, and I really enjoy your toque. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We always say it's itch free. Is it? Not really. But listen, <laughs> you got to say something, right? I mean, my podcast, Buckets and Tea, should also have a mug. 100%. But it's like, what is it like? Because I, I can't imagine myself making a mug with my own face on it because my face is on the logo. But I'm like, I'm not going to put my face on a mug. I mean, is I it say, just is it just like a basket, like a basketball, like a uh, hoop and net and then with a handle like a mug? I do believe <laughs> you just <laughs> created a genius invention. So either you make that or I do and get rich. So it's up to you. <laughs> Wow, don't even bring me along. Don't even <laughs> yeah. bring me I just, in. I cut you out right away. That's how I roll. It's the social network all over again. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for the billion dollar idea, pal. See ya. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this has been a, a wild episode. It has. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, and uh, Freddie, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, uh, check me out on Twitter or Insta. Um, I'm at Freddie Revis, F-R-E-D-D-I-E-R-I-V-A-S on Twitter and Insta. Same name, but Noel is in the middle. And uh, yeah, check out my podcast as well. Confederacy of Dunks, dunkspodcast.com. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and you can listen to my NBA podcast, if you like, called the Buckets and Tea NBA show available on Raptors Republic. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, we'll check you next time. Bye. Thanks, everybody.